0: I quit smoking Black and Wilds, so I don't have a celebratory one on me. So I could go up the street to the corner store to get one to keep the tradition going. And I got to tell you guys, that felt f***ing good. All right, welcome in. What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 210. I'm not sure if you guys could hear that Instagram live. I hope you could. If you couldn't, doesn't matter. You know what it was about. It's a damn near annual tradition. The Bills lose in excruciating fashion to the Chiefs. I walk around the block smoking a black and mild on Instagram Live. Demondsey was there for the one two years ago on our back deck after the 13 seconds game. Last year, we weren't able to do it because the Bills couldn't find a way to get to the Round to play the Chiefs because they lost in more embarrassing fashion at home to the Bengals the previous round. Oh, my goodness. Hey, we so i so got, the I've got a funny... Last year. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we did get that one. We got the Trevor Lawrence 27-point comeback. Oh, those were simpler times. So I have a funny <laughs> anecdote to share with you guys Uh, before we get the show going. So I have been getting emails from a guy named Freddie DeBoer for the last year. And they have been varying levels of legitimate or unhinged, depending on it. The first email that I got was long, multiple paragraphs, and the headline is, you should be the adult in the room when it comes to the bills. I'm like, okay you know, I didn't, I don't really respond to a lot of emails. I then got one a year later that said, this is beneath you, sir. I then got one moments after the Chiefs game ended that said, just grow up, dude. I hadn't even said anything yet. I hadn't gone on Instagram live. I hadn't done the TV show that said, just grow up, dude. This is embarrassing. You're a grown man. Your football team's never struggled in your entire life, which shows Mr. DeBoer's lack of, you know, historical knowledge of the Chiefs being one of the most tortured franchises of, you know, the last thirty years, Prima Homes lost a playoff game when they didn't punt. Lost a playoff game when they scored two touchdowns, their opponent scored zero. Lost a playoff game when they were up twenty-eight points. Lost a playoff game to Marcus Mariota when they were up twenty-one to three. When the game-winning play was he threw a touchdown pass to his gosh darn self. Lost a play the well, three times were thirteen and three, and lost their very first playoff game at home, including a game with three missed kicks. So I'll set that had aside. Knight Castle as um, a quarterback. Well, yeah, and that wasn't even torturous because at least you knew what was going to happen there. (laughs) But what I found so interesting about these emails, and it's just from like a Gmail, so I didn't know if it's real. I was like, Frederick DeBoer is the name of a famous author. And so I just thought this guy was either using a fake name or just a coincidence. And then thanks to Ethan Strauss, I got sent to me yesterday a 4000 word evisceration of me as a person, of my character, who I am, written by famous author Frederick DeBoer on his Substack. So he's been emailing me the whole time. It's actually him and he just annihilated me. I mean, I it's too long to go through the entirety of, but Oh my goodness gracious. This fella. Like not by happy him with me. Um. I, I, Frederick DeBoer? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a famous author. He's a sharp guy. Uh, so, I mean, the. And, and I think he and I probably have a lot of similar politics. I'm not certain, but man, oh man. Not a fan of your guy, Nick Wright. All right. Lot to do yeah. today. Best week in of NFL football. Have you read one of his books, Demanze? Are you looking at it? Or are you looking at no, his I takedown down of just,
1: me? I just see. Uh, I typed in Frederick DeBoer, and the Substack mm-hmm. link popped up. Uh, it's got a. It's got a picture of you attached. Oh yeah, to it. I I got to go through his books oh, yeah. later because I I've definitely seen him on the cover of something that I've been reading.
0: And the shameless clown industry. I mean,
1: yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's,
0: I, I'm, listen, it's long, man. This is a long takedown piece that includes a link to Nick Wright, biggest fraud in sports media. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of stuff here. Is he a it fan? also, no, he's not. He's a Bears fan. It also takes a totally, totally unnecessary and unfair shot at Brew and Wilds. The Wilds line. He says, Wild seems content to play the role of the Washington Generals just waiting for his next tea time. I mean, first of all, Wilds doesn't golf. Second of all, he's the key to the show. I mean, it is, it is, I gotta say, I respect it, Freddie DeBoer. I, I, I got no problem with it. He called me a shameless clown. I wish you had your football facts more straight. I wish you better. The idea that the Kansas City Chiefs my entire life have caused anything but pain us up until the last five years is nonsense, (laughs) of course, but that's fine. All right. uh, Uh, Speaking of teams that cause a lot of pain, we're going to have to get to the Bills in a moment. But first, what missed the cut in today's show, Bills fans throwing snowballs at Patrick Mahomes. Where's the takedown on them? That could have blinded the man. Where's that Substack article, Freddie? Jason Kelsey so joins Taylor it. Swift in a suite, uh, and Tyler Bass misses a kick. You want to know, Demonze, how I know I'm getting old? I watched Jason so. Kelsey jump out of that suite onto that icy concrete, and for just mm-hmm. a second, if you watch that video, his, like, his feet almost go out from underneath him, and I watch it, right. and I'm like, oh my God, that could have been a disaster. <laughs> like if Jason Kelsey jumps out the suite, his eyes go behind him. He hits his head on the concrete. I then watch him, you know, pick up that child, which was awesome to show her to Taylor Swift so they could wave high. And I'm watching right. it, just thinking, "Oh my God, don't fall, don't fall, right. and have your 330 pounds self land on this icy concrete." That's that th- th- Those the baby. those Jason Kelsey videos. Are just so many great moments because you see, you little, see the like sheriff. How little
1: the beer can is in his hand.
0: Oh yeah, but yeah, you, <laughs> that is a thing. And I, where I noticed that was on Inside the NBA the other day when they were pranking Chuck about Diet Coke and Shaq grabs a Diet Coke and it just disappears in his hand. It's uh, like a shooter. But yeah, Jason Kelsey, <laughs> uh, sa- similar thing. But watching those videos and then seeing the sheriff's department and Taylor Swift's security, like, I don't know what we do here. We have this mountain of a man who seems to, like, you know, be, not seems to, has his heart in the right place, but this could go so sideways in so many different ways, and he has just demonstrated to the entirety of Bill's Mafia, who has a massive numbers edge, it's pretty damn easy to get in and out of this suite. <laughs> like maybe mentally you thought that was not doable, but you see this drunk lunatic do it with ease, and you might be like, "We can get up there. The whole thing's amazing." Yeah, uh, not the nearly gym? as amazing.
1: The, the gym that just the, threw the again? ice on the guy. Who? Which? Which guy was that? Oh
0: no, that the owner, Dave Tepper. the owner, the yeah, the owner of the team <laughs> that threw his drink at the guy. All right, Demonte, let's get to the actual show.
1: All right, so we all know what happened this weekend. Obviously, the Bills lost to the Chiefs. A yeah. uh, routine loss, like you said. But which outcome is the bigger story here—the Chiefs win or the Bills loss? And why do you think? And um, why do you so, think they lost? So, and what is it? My bad. Why do you no, think they ahead. lost? And what does it go say ahead. about the team?
0: Yeah. So I mean, the bigger story is the Bills' loss. The Chiefs made the AFC Championship game. That's not a story. That is what happens. Until further notice, Brew got Brew and I got into it a bit yesterday when he yeah, the question so. was, are people underestimating Mahomes? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, it's not underestimating him to not pick him to win the Super Bowl every year. No one wins the Super Bowl every year. And I made, I thought, the very fair point of, but last week wasn't the Super Bowl. Last week was to get to the AFC title game. And you know what does happen every year? Mahomes plays in that game. Literally every year. It's never not happened. The last playoff game that last year the Chiefs didn't play in the AFC title game, Mahomes wasn't the starter. That's the year they blew a 21-3 lead at home to Marcus Mariota when he threw a touchdown pass to himself, Mr. DeBoer, with my lifetime of great Chiefs memories. I remember that quite well. Now that team had Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, by the way. Uh, all right. We'll get to the Chiefs in a moment. The bigger story is the Bills' loss. And it is a story for a number of reasons, all right? But the biggest reason is the Buffalo Bills are so scared of Josh Allen, they have made him less of a scary opponent. So in that game, Josh Allen, Completed 16 passes behind the line of scrimmage. Josh Allen only completed two passes. Five yards downfield. And only two passes. Those two passes. Only two passes uh, past the sticks. One of them was one of the best plays you'll ever see somebody make. The roll to his left touchdown pass to Khalil Shakir. But... What you have seen is since the Buffalo Bills switched coordinators from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady, they have operated their offense and their team in a way that says we don't trust our quarterback. And so we are going to put a governor on him. Since Joe Brady took over, Josh Allen has thrown for 250 yards, 250, one time. That was the Dolphins game, the final game of the regular season, and that game, not coincidentally, he had three turnovers. The Buffalo Bills do not believe you can get the best of Josh Allen without the worst of Josh Allen, and so they operated as if they could cobbled together the end of their season without utilizing their biggest weapon, which is Josh Allen's cannon of an arm. And as someone who has gone up against this team year after year, I've got to tell you, this version that they turned him into these last two months is the least scary. The version of check down, don't make a mistake, take just or you don't don't throw into any tight windows, just take what's there. And the reason I find so much of the commentary surrounding this player so maddening is everyone is amazed and enamored. With what he can do without seeming to acknowledge that what he can't do is reach those, reach back and get those peaks without the terrible, terrible valleys. And what makes, what distinguishes the very good from the great and the great from the legends is those guys' ability to tap into their absolute best while keeping their absolute worst at bay. And the Bills turned their offense into the Titans with Ryan with a Derrick Henry. Except Josh Allen was the Derrick Henry. And what he does as a runner is remarkable. No doubt about it. And it's a massive weapon But what you saw during this winning streak is they were trying to win despite their best player, not because of their best player. And that makes them incredibly beatable. The Chiefs made so many huge mistakes, most notably fumbling at the one in the fourth quarter on first down, with a chance to put the game away, they want Mahomes early in the game on the first drive. Missed two straight passes. They might have been his only two misses of the night in the end zone for touchdowns. Had to settle for a field goal. The Chiefs gave up a third and seventeen on the first drive. More on that play in a moment. I'm going to more on it right now. Gave up a third and 17 <laughs> when Josh threw the forward pass lateral and then missed the opportunity to challenge the play. There were four fumbles in this game. The Bills recovered three of them. The only one the Chiefs recovered was Mah- Mahomes' or Mah- Hardman's first one. So all of those breaks went for Buffalo. And despite all of it, they were still on the losing end, and it's not because of a field goal, guys.
1: I was because just say it was because of a field goal.
0: So, Demaze, let me ask you this: If Bass makes that kick, what do you think happens in the next minute forty with two timeouts?
1: Minute forty-three, two game. timeouts. It's a tie game. Yeah, I to put some g- put some sort of pressure on Mahomes. Uh, I mean. I, you yeah, at least okay, give great. your defense a chance I, I, to go out there and stop them. Yeah,
0: I mean, Mahomes had scored touchdowns on three of his previous five drives, one that he didn't. Hardman fumbled at the one. The Chiefs had moved the ball at will. The idea that if Bass makes that kick, it's anything other than a different type of heartbreak for Buffalo is foolish. And that's then where... so. If you're the Bills, you have made – well, there's a couple – there's one grievous mistake the Bills as a franchise made in the quest to take down the Chiefs, and that's the Von Miller deal. Demond, don't look at this, okay? So Von Miller in the AFC title game – or I'm sorry, in the divisional round. Von Miller – had two tackles, no sacks. Okay? On the season, he played 14 games this year, coming off the torn ACL. On the season, give me a guess on how many tackles and sacks Von Miller had, who is the Bills' so top, highest paid player season. other than Josh Allen. On over the season. Over 14 games, he had two tackles. Over 14 games. He had two tackles, zero sacks in the divisional round. Call so it, in the other uh, 13 you, I, games.
1: I'll give him 17, 18 tackles. These are Uh tackles, not sacks. How many sacks? Uh, Call it one or call it three.
0: Okay. So, Von Miller going into the divisional round had three tackles and zero sacks on the season. In the divisional round, he had his best game of the year two tackles and zero sacks. He is. Next year, a cap hit of $23 million, and it costs you $32 million to cut him. Now, it's unlucky and unfortunate. Von tore his ACL in his first year with the team, but you signed a mid-30s pass rusher with an injury history to a six-year $120 million deal. You did a lot of win-right-now moves, and now those bills are coming due, and you won nothing. You, in back-to-back years had your rival come into your building, be it Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, in the divisional round, and in back-to-back years, they beat you. The Buffalo Bills have been on five game or longer winning streaks going into playoff games each of the last four years against Mahomes and Burrow and are 0-4 in those spots. And so... Now you've got a really, really tough offseason. You're probably going to bring McDermott back. I think the smart thing for them would be to call up Bill Belichick and see if he wants that job. I don't think they're going to do that. And then you have to ask yourself, what can Josh be to get his best? Is, he, is it just the cost of doing business that he's going to lead the league in turnovers? Or is there a way to tap into him at his best without getting those head scratching, game altering turnovers?
1: Because, so with that being said,
0: go ahead. Yeah, that, go, with that with yeah, that being go.
1: said, did you think that Josh Allen played well? Do you think that this loss falls on him, or is it? I thought he a played. Collective? I thought
0: he played really well. Given what he was asked to do for the first three quarters. And then he was absolutely brutal in the fourth. It's not deniable. And I'm so surprised folks have been afraid to say this. Through three quarters, Josh, they put a governor on him. He played within it, he never put the ball in jeopardy. He was deadly with his legs. There were no wow throws, wow big plays, but he was taking what the defense gave him. Because the Chiefs went into that game saying, if you're going to stay committed to the run the entirety of the game, we're going to give it to you. And the Bills for a long time were with Josh and with Cook. And they were moving the ball. They had zero plays of 20 plus yards, but they were moving the ball. They weren't committing devastating penalties, and they were right there. And then they got a little nervous and did the fake punt, but the Chiefs gave the ball right back to him on the fumble. And then in the fourth quarter, after completing 75% of his passes, he completed 50% of his passes. In the fourth quarter, after never putting the ball in jeopardy, he had what should have been the game-losing fumble six. And instead, Chamari Connor, I think it was Chamari Connor, tried to scoop it and score, and he just lost it, and Dalton Kincaid made the play. And then in the fourth quarter, on the biggest drive, he couldn't help himself but go for the kill shots instead of doing what he had been doing the whole game. And that is, so let's go through that last drive. The, the last drive of the season... What happened? So the Bills are moving the ball down the field. They are trying to play this delicate dance of they are trailing, but they are also trying to bleed clock because the organization is so irreparably scarred by the 13 seconds game. So every time... They're taking 40 off the play clock, 40 off the play clock, 40 off the play clock. And me as a Chiefs fan, I'm starting to get a little nervous because they might be able to pick up six, eight yards at a time, bleed the clock, and then if they score a touchdown with 30 seconds remaining... The Chiefs are down four instead of three, and you're in a really rough spot. But there was a moment that I think changed the football game. And it was the first play of that last drive. And this is the point that it is very odd to me nobody else has picked up on Josh is playing within himself, has thrown one deep pass the entirety of the game, and it was in a spot that kind of demanded it. And then the very first play of that last drive, he throws one of the best deep balls you will ever see to digs down the sideline. And it wouldn't, it's not like that's an easy catch. Anytime a ball goes 65 yards in the air and there's your, you know, covered. That's never an easy catch, but it's a damn near perfect pass that Diggs could have caught, and he didn't. And in my opinion, that play, being right there, changed how Josh played the rest of that drive. Because all of a sudden, six plays later, you're third and ten, Josh scrambles, and instead of recognizing we're going forward on fourth no matter what, get it to fourth and 3 and we're fine. He tries to do too much again and fumbles the ball. And that and you get no blame because the Chiefs didn't recover it. But he had nothing to do with who recovered it. So that's the first big what are you doing? Then, a few plays later, you've got second and 9. It is the two-minute warning. You are at the 26. As, yes, a touchdown would be great. What you could argue would be even better there is a first down. A first down in that spot is certainly not a bad thing. You're at The two-minute warning, the Chiefs have to start burning timeouts. And you have Stephon Diggs wide open over the middle. For an easy 10-15 yards. And that's the play. He takes the shot to Khalil Shakir. That credit to Chris Jones. That's what the money's for. He pushed Deion Dawkins' talking self right into Josh. And the pass comes up short. Then it's third and nine. And again, Josh goes for the kill shot. Instead of doing what he had done the whole game. And that's the difference. That Those are the moments. Those are the things that the guys who are in the discussion for, second best player in the league, need to be better on. And so was the loss on him? Well, as much as whenever you're the best player on your team and you don't have a great game, to a degree it is, and I've heard people in the last two days talk about what a great game he played. For three quarters, he was excellent. And in the biggest drive of their season, he fumbled the ball and missed two big passes. It's just what happened. And now you go That's home unfair. once he didn't,
1: again. He didn't. <clears throat> he The receiver missed one of those passes for him. The, no, the, I'm talking the deep... about
0: the second and nine and the third and nine. I'm not, no, he didn't miss the pass to Diggs. No, no, no. I'm talking about... You're okay. Yes. I'm not saying he only you're, missed the two... The one like, that he missed I'm Diggs not saying across every the pass middle and then
1: when he threw not, the bomb. I, I, I get what you're saying.
0: I'm talking about the final two passes of his year. Second and nine and third and nine from the 26. He missed them. You had Diggs open over the middle. You took the kill shot to Shakir. And you had, by the way, even on that third and nine... You can say uh, Bass missing the kick is not on the quarterback. It's not, but 44 yards in the wind, outdoors, when the kickers missed two the previous week, that's not a chip shot. It's not a gimme. It's not the, the field goal the Chiefs kicked to win the Super Bowl last year when they kneel at the one and you have the shortest possible field goal in perfect conditions. That's not what it was. Um, all right, what's last Bill's follow-up before we get to the Chiefs?
1: Yeah, so what's the? what do you think happens with Allen and Diggs? Do you think there's been a problem with them? Um, you know, do you think he'll so, be on yes. the Bills next year?
0: I don't think he'll no, be on the Bills next I year. I don't. Uh, I mean, listen, it's one of two things. Either Stefan Diggs early in the year, just hit a drastically different phase of his career and is not the same player, or it is that he and Josh Allen, uh, something happened. Because Stephon Diggs, through the first six weeks of the year, was averaging 100 yards per game and a touchdown a game games one through six, Stephon Diggs, the rest of the regular season, averaged 50 yards per game and had three total touchdowns. And then in the playoffs, averaged 35 yards per game and had zero touchdowns. Diggs receiving yards since the coordinator change. Since they put this governor on Josh, here's Diggs' Diggs's yards and touchdowns 24 and 0, 48 and 0, 29 and 0, 26 and 0, 87 and 0, 52 and 0, 21 and 0. So something's going on there. And it's a big cap hit with a big personality. And so the Bills just got to determine. If I were the Bills, I would, for good or for bad, let Josh be Josh and hope that one of these years he gets, he's on a hot streak when the playoffs start. I would not try to coach working against what makes my player special. And that's what they did because they felt they couldn't trust him. And that that's gonna put a ceiling on your team. All right, next, Damonze.
1: Alright, so the Chiefs win the AFC Championship game for the sixth straight year. Could you please do me a favor and put this in historical mm-hmm. context? I I need to hear about well, what this grand I mean, scheme.
0: Love, I I'd love to. So obviously, um, and then I'll tell you about how they how they did it. Um the So the most consecutive AFC title games ever is 8 by the 2011-2018 to Pats. This is obviously the second most. But take the consecutive portion out of it. Now, only Joe Montana, I think it's Montana, who went to 7, and Tom Brady went to 14, have been There's one guy with seven. I can't remember if it's Manning or Montana. But Mahomes now is tied for the third most conference championship game appearances in NFL history. He has done it six times in his first six years. The other context of these playoff victories, and this is what I don't think that folks have fully wrapped their mind around, is where Mahomes is historically now. So he now has 13 playoff wins. Okay? Aaron Rodgers, 11. Troy Aikman has 11. Brett Favre tied with Mahomes at 13. If he wins on Sunday, he ties Terry Bradshaw, who went to four, won four Super Bowls, John Elway, who won two and went to five Super Bowls, and Peyton Manning, who went to four and won two Super Bowls, with 14 playoff victories. If Mahomes wins Sunday, the all-time quarterback playoff victories list will be 35 for Tom Brady, 16 for Joe Montana, and then Mahomes, Manning, Bradshaw, and Elway with 14. 14. He's 28 years old. The Chiefs just became the first team in NFL history to win two or more playoff games in 5 consecutive seasons. The the Chiefs in the entirety of their history before Mahomes took over went to the AFC title game 3 times, hosted it 0 Since Mahomes took over, they've been there six times, hosted it five. The Chiefs all year long were told what was wrong with them, and yet once again find themselves in the same place they found themselves every year. Playing in one of the final three games of the year, see if they can play in the final game of the year. So how did they do it? By following their exact I almost cursed gosh darn plan that everyone questioned despite the fact that they won the Super Bowl last year. The Chiefs made a philosophical decision that we are we have on our roster the single most valuable non-quarterback in the league in Tyreek Hill. We are going to take that one diamond of an asset and change how our team is built. We are going to use that to free up money and acquire draft picks to try to, on the fly, build a dominant defense. And the reason we believe we can do it Is because we believe that by the playoffs, no matter who Patrick is throwing to, he can make it work. And Patrick Mahomes rewarded them by playing the Buffalo, by in the first playoff game, playing the best below freezing temperature game in NFL history, a game that the entire discussion was, man... The Dolphins sure looked cold while Patrick was out there throwing absolute, no pun intended, frozen ropes to guys with the development of the rookie receiver who had a buck 30 that weekend whose progress and maturation they didn't thwart by bringing in Band-Aid veteran receivers and then the following week Patrick rewarded them by, before the kneel downs, the Chiefs were averaging nine yards a play. A play! The most in any playoff game in the Mahomes era. And you know who they opened the second half up with on first and ten? Down, what were they down? Four? Four? A bomb to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who they then hit again later in the game on a bomb down the field. All year long, I have had to hear Mahomes should yell at these guys. Mahomes should stop having faith in these guys. Mahomes should stop throwing to these guys. And all year long, they said, you know what? The best player the league has ever seen is going to keep showing faith in you you're a champion, MBS. You made a huge play in the playoffs for us last year. We believe that if we don't throw you under the bus, uh, the f- and at one point I was done with him,
1: when uh, he, he kind of showed up believe- Mahomes
0: on the field. Go ahead, Demon. Uh, fa- are
1: the fans wrong for not believing in the receivers? Mahomes has to believe in his receivers. But, like, the people, I, if I don't they mind see drops, the fans and like, not, that's what they know.
0: I don't mind the fans getting frustrated. It was the rest of my colleagues in the media uh, acting as if there wasn't a plan in place. And the plan was, by the end of the year, one of our young receivers will step up, and that's Rasheed Rice, that Travis Kelsey, despite looking his age at various points during the year, a guy who is now six catches away from breaking Jerry Rice's unbreakable postseason receptions record, Travis Kelsey, who just, he and Mahomes broke the Brady-Gronk unbreakable postseason touchdowns record, that that guy is going to be at his best and that Patrick will find a way with the others. And it is exactly what happened. So that's how they did it. And listen, this week, they have a hell of a challenge. And it is it is not a guarantee. But the reason that I feel the wrong team is favored this week is that... So it is, by the way, it, it is Joe Montana who had the seven conference championship game starts. Uh, Steve Young is listed, but he didn't start all seven. Neither did Stahlbach. So he's t- he's one away from Montana. But it's why... I well, I'll explain why I think the wrong team's favored Demontse when you ask this follow-up question.
1: Yeah, so uh, are do you think people you have? Do you think people are still underrating Mahomes? And uh,
0: so that's so no, so that's perfect. So, so here's what I'll tell you, Patrick. Since he took over is let's just say Brady is in a separate category of everyone else. I think Mahomes is going to catch him, but let's just put Brady somewhere else. I don't ever mention this stat even though it's very very obvious one because it uh it kind of works against the Mahomes goat argument, but it's a stunning statistic. Patrick Mahomes has played two playoff games against Tom Brady. He's 0-2. In his other 14 playoff games against every other quarterback who's ever lived, he's 13 and 1. And the one was an overtime loss to Joe Burrow that included the only bad half of playoff football Patrick's ever played. That one he has to wear. That was the, there was one half. He was not himself, and Burrow took advantage. 13 and 1 against quarterbacks not named Brady. Of those 13 wins, eight of them, the Chiefs trailed by a touchdown. Since Mahomes took over, the Chiefs are eight and two in the playoffs when they trail by a touchdown or more. The rest of the league, that's 80%. The rest of the league wins 17% of those games. Well, what about the rest of quarterback Mount Rushmore? Brady played 21 playoff games where his team trailed by a touchdown or more. 10 and 11. That's 45%. Montana, in playoff games, his team trailed by more than a touchdown. 140 percent Peyton, in playoff games, his team trailed by a touchdown or more. 3 and 9. 25%. Mahomes is 8-2 and two now. And so it's not just that. He is first all-time in playoff win percentage, playoff yards per game, playoff touchdown-interception ratio, playoff completion percentage, and playoff quarterback rating, and playoff yards per attempt. Every single quarterbacking category in the postseason, he's first all-time. It's that he's 13-1 and one against everyone but Brady. And one of those losses to Brady was the old never-got-to-touch-the-ball-in-overtime loss where he executed three fourth-quarter comebacks. Three times they were trailing in the fourth quarter and he brought them back, including once getting the ball with 30 seconds left. So, yes, people are underestimating him. Because it is not a... Brady-Manning era. It is Tiger versus the field. It is Gretzky versus the rest of the NHL. There is one guy, and then the gap between whomever is second and whomever is fifth is so much closer than the gap between him and whomever is second. And so... It doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl every year. And, you know, once every four years or so, he might have a bad playoff moment. But to circle it back to the Chiefs, what they have now created, which is something Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Joe Montana all took massive advantage of is they can now win playoff games if he were to play poorly. And that's where before we move on to the other games that's the other part of this that I don't think people recognize is, and I'm just going to use Montana, Manning and Brady as the standard because I don't think that or I do think that that is now pretty universally accepted As the quarterback Mount Rushmore. Mahomes, Montana, Manning, Brady. If you look at how those guys won their Super Bowls. Joe Montana, the year he won his first Super Bowl. In the conference championship game. Threw three picks. Joe Montana, in the year he won his second Super Bowl. In the first round. Through three picks, his defense allowed 10 points. In the conference championship game, Through two picks, had a 60 passer rating. His defense shut out the Bears. And then Joe Montana's last two Super Bowls, he was basically perfect both playoff runs. But Montana's first two rings, he was objectively bad in Three of the four games leading up to the Super Bowl, and his great defense bailed him out, and then he was excellent in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, when he won his first Super Bowl, the first game, zero touchdown, the first game of the playoffs, zero touchdowns, one pick, a 70 rating. Second game, 115 yards passing, zero touchdowns, zero picks an 84 rating. The Super Bowl, 145 yards passing, one touchdown, zero picks. His second Super Bowl, he was awesome in it. In the two games leading up to it, his defense allowed 14 points both times. He had a 73 rating and a 76 rating. And then he got rolling. But even when he got rolling... When they, what's the game I'm forgetting? The, oh, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. But in 2011, in the AFC title game, he had zero touchdowns, two picks, a 58 rating, and they won. Because those teams, they built out teams that could win even if he struggled. And Peyton Manning, his playoff line, the year they won the Super Bowl, In Indy, forget Denver, the year in Denver when he was a shell of himself and in the Super Bowl, had 140 yards and a 56 rating and no touchdowns. Forget that. The year in the peak of his prime that Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl, people have memory hold this. In that run to the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl included, Peyton Manning had three touchdowns and seven interceptions and had a passer rating of 70 for the postseason. And that's how he got his first ring. And the Chiefs have been trying to build out a team that doesn't have to have Patrick be great every time. Luckily for them, thus far in his career, he has been. So, yeah... Folks are underestimating him and the goddamn defending champions. Quick break, right back, what's right. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges, therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right write to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com write. Your mental health journey begins here. I'm Alex Rodriguez. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 210, and this episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Winter can be a drag. Thankfully, we have sports to get us through the early part of the year, and if you ask me, nothing goes together quite like food and sports, especially this time of year. You got the NFL playoffs, pro basketball going on. You don't really have to go outside until the weather finally gets warm, and the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa signature card provides the perfect way to earn rewards, whether watching your team with other fans at a local restaurant or in the comfort of your living room. Earn four times points when you dine out or have food delivered. You can order a pizza and watch the game on your big screen TV, and you can earn two times points at grocery stores, which is great if you're staying at home, maybe making some nachos or wings. And if you're willing to brave the elements, even getting to the game can be rewarding as you'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth. Two hundred bucks if you spend a thousand dollars in the first ninety days of opening your account. Score big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbankcom go to apply and live every day your way. Limited time offer. Credit or an issuer of this bank is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa U.S.A. Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. All right, Damonte. Let we spent forty five minutes. You wouldn't stop talking on Chiefs Bills, so let's get to the other games from the weekend. Go right ahead.
1: Yeah, so Brock Purdy did exactly what you uh, what you asked him to. Probably did what you didn't expect. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not caping for Brock Purdy anymore. That game sucked. He didn't do anything. Thank you. It was it did not look great. Uh, but could you okay. can you finally admit there that there's go. nothing that he can do to make you a believer?
0: So here's the thing: what an odd circumstance that game, you not have that game won that was. Game, dude. Oh, listen. Uh, so I, so David Lombardi, who I guess you know writes for the Athletic and is a beat reporter, but he is the same person who had the since deleted tweet that Brock Purdy is you know Drew Brees' accuracy combined with Lamar Jackson's athleticism. <laughs> that guy, what? he wrote an article. Yeah, that was a real tweet that existed. Um, saying, Brock Purdy answered every single doubt and criticism by delivering a comeback playoff drive that has immediately become part of 49ers legend. That's what Joe Montana used to do. And I wrote, honest to God, if that's your takeaway from this game, I truly question your ability to cogently watch, analyze, and discuss football. And I stand by that. So it was a weird spot because Purdy did check. Like, I set up these theoretical boxes to check, and he checked them all in one drive. Down in the game, huge game, not with all the Avengers, and he executed the game-winning drive. That happened. What's unfortunate for the Brock Purdy discourse is the previous three hours of football were on television too. And he was awful. And so, yes, you do get credit for that game-winning drive. Yes, that is critically important, but it was kind of Purdy and Josh Allen's games were kind of the bizarro versions of themselves where Josh played really as well as you can play up until the end and Purdy played as poorly as you can play up until the end. And he was very, very lucky was Brock that that game was not out of reach. Attempted to throw two pick sixes. The Packers got hosed on a couple early spots when they went for it on that fourth down. Not so much on the fourth down sneak, but on the third down play when I think they thought they were inches away, but they spotted them a full yard short. A lot of ways, not to mention obviously the missed kick where that game should have been out of reach, but it wasn't. But here, and people can say Nick you hold him to an unfair standard. I hold him to the standard of I was being called an asshole for not not saying he could be the MVP of the league. Like a brew yesterday said that I was moving the goalposts, and I understand that. But in my opinion, the real goalpost moving is now folks are like, well, he's young and he was the last pick of the draft. Let's evaluate him on that metric. If we want to evaluate him on that metric... I give him a round of applause. If you want to value him on the metric he was discussed all year, which is he might be the MVP (laughs) of the league, and he's setting records, did you watch the game? (laughs) And I ask the same question that I was asking all year. Were people comfortable having a discussion about a player being league MVP when forget is he the best player on his own team? We all know he's not. The more honest question is this. Is he the weak link of the Niners? Yes. The answer is yes. I'll tell you this much. I don't know what the weather forecast for Santa Clara is on Sunday, but if it's supposed to rain, I think the Niners should ask Detroit if they want to host the game. <laughs> I, I think the Niners would rather play a road game in a dome than watch <laughs> Brock Purdy play another game in the in the rain. And so I am I understand I'm being stubborn on this. I'm not wrong. And credit to him for that final drive. Honestly, I do give him credit for that. And it does matter. But we all saw that game and how bad he was. And how lucky he was that it was not way out of hand very early because of his mistakes. And let's see how this next weekend goes. Because the discussion is going to go real quick depending if this weekend goes poorly. If Brock plays poorly against this defense in Detroit and they lose. I don't
1: think he's just, the quarterback let's next just, year. I don't... I don't. Well, let's just, just monitor
0: what the Kirk Cousins discussions are. Kirk is the guy Kyle always wanted. And let's just monitor what they are. Um, Alright, let's go to the next thing, Demasi.
1: Alright, man. Lamar Jackson. He silenced the haters this weekend. How impressed were you with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' overall performance? But more so, Lamar Jackson.
0: Wildly impressed. There's no yeah buts here. I... I was nervous for the Ravens at halftime, Demonze.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Baltimore had dominated that game defensively, and then they give up that punt return, and all of a sudden it's 10-10 at the half, and you're like, oh, no. This is going to happen again. Lamar's going to have a mediocre game. They're going to have some weird bounces go against them. This is what I was thinking. And Houston's going to win. And there is going to be an offseason of evisceration of Lamar. Who, even though I have doubted him and doubted the team, I like him. I like how, how Lamar is authentically himself. I hated how, in my opinion, the whole league colluded against him. I haven't believed in the Ravens. But I like I root for Lamar, independent of it. And then he came out in the second half and whooped everybody's ass. He came out in the second half and looked like an MVP, and now, in my opinion, he's in a can't-lose situation. So, Lamar doesn't have to win the Super Bowl this year. He had to not go one and done in the playoffs. Go ahead. You, it seems like you might disagree with the can't
1: yeah, lose. Yeah, I play. don't know. Everybody's kind of, I think, overstayed in this win to the Texans this weekend. I think they were 10-point favorites. Like, they were supposed to win this game. And I just think everybody's – I get CJ, CJ Stroudy's awesome. This is his first year, but Lamar was supposed to I, – I think that if they lose this next round, I do think it's still on his back. I think he needs to win this next round, too. But here's the thing. That's just uh, that's he just me.
0: would. I would agree with you if he were playing anyone but Mahomes.
1: Right. If he loses, I guess to I'm Mahomes, not taking into no account that they're playing him. the Chiefs. But right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if the if the Chiefs, like, think about what the storyline Monday is going to be if the Chiefs win. It is not going to be tearing down Lamar because every it will just be they beat everyone. It will be. They dispatched of Josh Allen. They dispatched of Tua. They dispatched of Lamar. Yeah, it's, it will just, be about just play the Chiefs. Well in the game,
1: though, he's also right.
0: right. It will just be about the Chiefs being inevitable. Now, if Lamar has three picks, a fumble, has a brutal game, then I guess that's a different story. But what he he didn't just need a win this weekend. He needed to play a kick ass game because right. he had the weird thing about the Lamar playoff thing is. He had won a game before. He had won a playoff game before. He just had never played well in a game. And in this game, he throws for 150, runs for 100, throws for two, runs for two. He he did everything. He was their offense.
1: Chiefs haven't played the Ravens in a long time.
0: No, they have not. And the Ravens tend to do really well against teams that are unfamiliar with them. Now Mahomes, and we can talk about this more on Friday. I and again, it's totally different team, different personnel, all of it. But Mahomes' numbers against Baltimore are legit cartoonish. I'll just give you uh, the Mahomes career, like even by Mahomes. Yeah, last time they played
1: them, they beat it, them, I know that. The Baltimore Ravens. beat him. Yeah, but I think yeah, it's by one. Yeah, Baltimore
0: won by one at 36 yeah. 35. But here is Mahomes in his career against the Ravens. First game ever 377 yards, two touchdowns, and one of the coolest plays you'll ever see. They had a fourth and forever down four, and Mahomes scrambled around forever. It was on fourth and long and found Tyreek Hill 50 yards down the field. That was Mahomes' first year as a starter. Is one of my favorite Mahomes plays ever. So, three seventy-seven and two touchdowns in their first meeting. Their second meeting, the Chiefs won by five. He had three seventy-four and three touchdowns. Their third meeting, the are you Chiefs saying won by Mahomes' 14.
1: numbers or Lamar Jackson's numbers?
0: Mahomes' numbers.
1: Oh, all right. Go ahead. Sorry. You
0: thought I was saying I th- Lamar's numbers? Th- yeah, I'll give you Lamar's Lamar numbers Jackson. in the games and. In- no, I was no, no, no. I was saying the that. No, I the, just. With I, I was the numbers you were saying. Mahomes I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> against Baltimore, no, right. no, no. So the Mahomes in the first matchup, three seventy-seven and two scores. In the second matchup, three seventy-four and three scores. In the third matchup, three eighty-five and four scores. And in the fourth matchup, the one they lost, three forty-three and three scores. So Mahomes' average is 350 yards passing and three touchdowns per game with a 120 rating against the Ravens. It's the basically the best numbers he has against any team. L- Lamar, in those games Question. against the Chiefs, I, I would, can give you his numbers as well. Yeah.
1: Would you say this is the best defense the Ravens have had in those five years? Or however yes. long it's been?
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I, I would. And I, now it's obviously also the best defense the Chiefs have had. Lamar... Right. In the first matchup, threw for 150 and two scores, and then ran for 70. In the second matchup, threw for 260 and no scores, but ran for 50 with a touchdown. In the third matchup, threw for 97 and one score, but ran for 83. And in the fourth matchup, the one they won, threw for 240 and one score, ran for 102 scores. So he had one great game against the Chiefs, and it was... The one two years ago uh, that they won in week two. It's going to be an awesome game. All right, next.
1: Yeah. All right, so uh, you guys skipped the Lions. You guys didn't talk about them on your show, your TV show, so let's use the pod yeah. to talk about it. You want to give them some credit? You want to shine some light on that yeah, situation really, over there? I was,
0: yeah, I mean, I You're was really, really impressed. I am sad oh. about Baker, but the right team won. I mean, there's no, there's no shame in that. The right team won. And golf has been awesome. The Tampa wasn't able to get pressure on him, and he's been excellent. And the Lions are more than live dogs this weekend. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it here either, to be honest with you. I'll spend more time as the week goes on just because we're late in the show. But that's a that's a great win. And I really hope we get game one as game two eighty five. Game one of the season was Lions-Chiefs. Game 285 oh. being Lions-Chiefs would be pretty awesome. The Lions, though, the defense getting a little better and Goff in that offense kicking ass, they're a, they're a legit... I think that we ended up with the four teams remaining, the four most deserving teams. San Francisco, Detroit, Baltimore, Kansas City. Those are your four best teams in football. I thought Dallas was in there. A lot of people pretended throughout the year Buffalo was in there, but those are your four best teams in the league from start to finish of the season. And those are the four teams last, left standing. All right, next.
1: Late in the Bucks lost to the Lions. Tampa was stomp was storming back and went for two down eight. And Todd Bowles didn't call a timeout even though they uh was, yeah, he didn't call a timeout when they could have and tried he could have won the game. But they just let the clock run out. Yeah, like what, what, yeah. what, what happened there? So, I know you love these little bits. So
0: I, okay, so I saw the Lions thing happening in real time, and mm-hmm. I was shocked by it. And it wasn't mentioned on the broadcast. We'll talk about the down two, down fourteen, go for two in a moment. The so here was the situation, and it was stunning. I tweeted in real time. About it. You can see it on the screen. So. The Lions got the ball. With a minute 33. And Tampa had one timeout. Okay. That should be. Essentially game over. If you take those long knees. Where you back up a few yards. You can take. Call it 43 seconds. A play off. There's. 103 seconds left in the game. I'm sorry. No, I have that wrong. There's 93 seconds left in the game. But the Lions of of course, or the Bucks have a timeout. So if you go 43 43, you take off 86 of the 93 seconds. The Bucks have used one timeout, take off another three seconds on that play. You've now used 90 of the 93, and the game is essentially over. So when. The Lions intercepted Tampa. Everyone on the Bucks basically acted as if the game was over. Understand that. I don't think you have to use your timeout if the game is going to end on a knee, just to say you did it. But Goff fed up. Goff, they they took a knee. And I, I just did a timeout signal part. No one they took a knee and no one called timeout. And then instead of taking his next knee with one second on the play clock, he... Well, hold on. Instead of taking his next knee with one second on the play clock, he took it with 17 seconds on the play clock. So when that happened the first time Goff took a knee, that's when I tweeted, what is he doing? Now you're going to have to do something on fourth down. Tampa still didn't call timeout. Goff then... I think thought Tampa was out of timeouts, took his next knee when he could have waited uh, until there were 25 seconds left, took his next knee early again and took it at 36 seconds. Now it is fourth down, okay, from the 30. There are 36 seconds left and you have a timeout. You, I, I, and guys are shaking hands, but you have a timeout, Tampa. And Bowles said, ah, oh, there would have been 12 seconds. No, that's wrong. That is based, what, what Bowles was saying is based on the idea that Goff was going to take the full 40, but he didn't. He screwed up. I think that was a coaching mistake by the Lions and a mistake by Goff. If Todd Bowles calls timeout, Detroit is now in this spot. They have the ball on the 30. They are up eight. There are 36 seconds left in this football game. What are you doing? None of the options are great options. You want to kick a field goal to win the game? I guess. If you miss it, now there's 30 seconds left. Tampa's almost at midfield. Okay? That's not a great option. There's, there's 35 seconds left, so you can't like just run around on fourth down. So you're going to punt the ball? I guess. But that then opens up to a potential blocked punt. But regardless, it would have been Tampa's ball, worst case scenario, 90 yards away, with 30 seconds left. Not four seconds left, 30 seconds left. So it was... A huge gaffe by Detroit to allow that to be possible and an equally huge gaffe by Tampa to not recognize that was happening. So that that was no good. Now, the going for two when you score a touchdown when you're down 14 late, it is so at this point well-documented why you want to do it that I don't even really want to spend time on it. And I hear people saying, ah, what does analytics take into account that Detroit's better than this, that, the other? Guys, if you just kick two extra points, your best case scenario is overtime. The Folks act like the goal is to to get to overtime. The goal is to win. So if we, like, I I could game out the math for you and show you why it is by legitimately, like, not by a couple percentage points, by 25%. A better option, I'll just do it very quickly. Okay. Let's just assume extra points are made 100% of the time. Okay. Which they're not, but give you that. If you're down 14 points, you need the only way you can win is to score. If you're just going to kick extra points, is to score three times, right? Touchdown, touchdown, and then something else in overtime or later in the game, whatever it is. It, we all agree that it doesn't matter what you do unless you get at least two touchdowns. And actually, it doesn't matter what you do unless you get a third score. So if you are down 14, kick the extra point, kick the extra point, then you need to go score again. If you are down 14 and you go for two and you get it, then a touch. you don't need a third score. You just need the next touchdown. If you are d- down fourteen and you go for two and you don't get it, you then have another opportunity to get it the second time around. That's why you do it. It's it is as I, again. I said I wasn't going to do the math, but I will do the math real quick. Let's just all let's just take these probabilities. And by the way, I am going to give you Demonse here the most. Anti-this-strategy probabilities, meaning field goals are 95 or extra points are 95%, call them 100. Two-point conversions are like 55%, call them 50. And I will explain, and overtime is, it depends on who you're playing, but call it 50, okay? If you just kick the extra point, okay, and you get your two touchdowns, Your odds of winning are what? 50%. Right? Because you're going to overtime. Do we all agree on that? Okay? Okay. So if you just do it the old school way, call it 50%. Again, it's lower than that because extra points are not guaranteed, but give it to you. If you go the go for two down 14 route, here's the probabilities you have to add up. You have go for two and... Get your two-point conversion. That's a 50% chance. You get it. And then you win the game. Because we're, again, on all the things we are assuming, you're you're scoring twice, you're making your extra points. But then you are adding. You are adding to your chances there. The whole go for two, don't get it. That's 50%. And then when you score the second time, you get it that time. This is 50% of 50%. So now it's 75. You add that percentage to the other one. You are increasing your chances of winning the game by half. It's that simple. And now you are increasing your chances of losing in regulation by half, but not of losing the game outright. If we had a chalkboard, I could draw it out for you. But if you don't understand it, or if you think, oh, but that doesn't factor in, yes, it does. And the argument that I keep hearing, which is, doesn't factor in the Detroit's better. Guys, you definitely want to do this if you're the underdog, because it's the way to prevent overtime. Which, if you are the underdog, you want the game to be shortened and come down to as few plays as possible. I, I, I didn't mean to end the show on a math lesson, but I just can't believe people don't understand it yet. So here's what I want to do. For our final segment, let's do our game. So take a quick break, come back, play two wrongs and a right. We'll do that so DeMondsey can talk Jordan Love. We'll do all that next. What's right. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright, episode two ten. This has been a very long episode. Demonte. Hey, let's we're gonna get to our game, two wrongs and a right. Uh, but I'm putting I'm turning the tables on you. I'm gonna read you the Jordan Love question. Jordan Love's breakout first year came to an end. Packers might make him one of the NFL's highest paid quarterbacks this offseason. Jordan Love is top five, a franchise quarterback or fool's gold. Which one is right?
1: We're going to call him a franchise quarterback. Can't call him fool's gold. Can't call him top five because he's definitely not top five right now. But um, that pick that he threw at the end, I, I, I kind of sadly f- kind of felt like the game was, was already over there. Uh, that was a – that's just something you got to clean up on. But there's always next year, and I like I like what I saw this year. Um, and honestly, the Packers probably had one of the most successful seasons of any team in the NFL this year. Um. Hundred I mean, percent, right up with there with the Texans.
0: Everything you said, except for the game was over there because they're only down three. Oh, 100%. So listen, you learned from that mistake. The and now you don't feel great about the kicker, especially after you heard. And I know Lafleur's pissed that this got out in the media, but that he told in the pregame meeting when they asked him about the kicker struggles, he was like, "Yeah, I just pray every time he kicks." Like, yikes, buddy. Yeah, um, I saw that too. Uh, but the no, they they had. The, the teams that feel the best about their season, Demonse, it is going to go, whoever wins the Super Bowl will be one. Right. I think the Lions are probably going to be two, no matter what happens the rest of the way. They're obviously one if they win it. And then right. I think three and four is Packers-Texans.
1: Green, Green Bay-Texans. Ravens after that, maybe. Yeah. Um, well,
0: the Ravens will be a weird spot it, because if they lose this weekend, they're gonna feel like ah, we were so close. So it depends right. on how these weekends go. Um, but the, yeah, they I and you saw it in Jordan Love. We've, we've before got the lot stuff to
1: work did. with. We've 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 yeah, got the stuff they, to work with. They, Super young team. Mm, youngest. I don't want to say we. we. I'm in just Jordan years. Love guy, not a Green Bay guy. <laughs>
0: I don't know. But, uh, Why don't you be a Green Bay guy? Maybe that's Demanze. Maybe that's the way to get the perma.
1: Is it? Is that my claim to fame? Sunday
0: invite to Ravens. <laughs> He's a Packer fan. What if you Huge just Packer become man. a big Packer fan instead of the Ravens? I can't. I mean, just maybe keep that just these boats, gets you boats, there man. every Sunday. It was
1: Chiefs, Ravens, in Green Bay. Oh, you were
0: never really a Chiefs guy. All right, let's get to the next oh, one. Oh, jeez, uh, never really a
1: Chiefs Bakers. guy. Rip my heart out. The, All right, uh, no, you were the never Baker. <laughs> The, the Baker may, uh, the back the Baker may, magic may have run out. But you think he's proved he's a. do you think he's proved that he's a franchise quarterback? There's a mutual interest in bringing franchise him back. franchise adjacent.
0: Franchise Franch- yeah, go Fra-
1: ahead. Franchise uh-huh. adjacent quarterback. Yeah, there's interest in him coming back. The team might want him back, but there're probably going to be other teams that want him. So, do you think Baker should go to the Steelers, the Falcons, or the Vikings? Why are the What why is Tampa not on there
0: they're saying if he were to leave they're saying if he were to leave oh, Tampa, yeah I guess the question w- is if he goes options. yeah fair enough listen um the Falcons are an interesting one because Belichick reportedly liked him out of the draft so that would be an intriguing one if belichick goes to Atlanta because they have those weapons the Vikings obviously have Justin Jefferson and are best positioned uh but I think he's going to be back in Tampa um all right last one Demonte.
1: All right, so we got a video of you uh, showing Dexter, or I guess explaining to Dexter that the kicker and the Bills game could miss the kick, and we're going to show those yeah. to the, show the viewers.
0: Last week you were in rough shape, buddy. Missed it! I told you! I told you that guy might miss it! I told you we might miss it. One first down and we win. That's why every phase matters. All right, Devante, you you said you cringed at me saying every phase matters, but it obviously does. Uh all right. So go go ahead and ask the question.
1: When uh, watching an NFL game, Nick with Nick is l- oh wait. When watching an you NFL laugh, game with learn, Nick, I laugh. Belief am i learning or am i leaving um this is totally subjective uh it's when it's chiefs when it's any other nfl game it's 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 a it's a learning experience i feel like i get a lot of little little knowledge That's and little right. uh tips thrown at me but yeah. when when it's when it's the chiefs i don't know you get a little but it's not you never look like really irritated with me you're like super irritable though so it's, it's it's a little bit of a hostile environment. Yeah, I'm not environment, fun to be around. You will.
0: Yeah, I'm not yeah. fun to be around during Chiefs games. I'm self-aware yeah. of it. Uh, I'm that, the, but
1: you asked but your mom, I'm also your mom aware would, of it. We Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Your mom would say, I was a jerk all of last week. Forget the game. Yeah. The moment that it was clear it was going to be Chiefs-Bills, and I knew what was at stake for everyone involved, even though I was incredibly confident the Chiefs were going to win, I was irritable all week. I feel so differently this week. But when it's not – I'm glad you said what you said. When it's not a Chiefs game, I feel like I am one of the most educational people in the world to watch a football game with as far as, like, things that happened, why it's, infra- it's happening. Wh-
1: all right, what well, you yeah, would do, what they need to do with the clock – yeah, call timeout. Yeah, that
0: type of Yeah, I love t- I love telling people about how to run the manage the clock. I really do.
1: All right, this was a great show.
0: It went super long. I gotta go. I gotta go yell at Colin Cowherd about his terrible Bills picks, and now he's saying the Ravens are gonna blow out the Chiefs. See you guys on first things first at three o'clock. What's right? Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego, and demonze has got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers, so help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.